Hey, this is Sophia. And this is Natasha. And welcome to another episode of Winter's Blooms Talks, which is an extension of our website, Winter's Bloom. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Winter's Bloom Talks. Um, This is our April full moon reflection series. Um, So yeah, we're just going to go through our reflections. And um, Sophia, would you like to read what you've posted for um, our website? Yeah, of course. Um, So my one goes. Tonight, as I, Sophia, sit to write this, accompanied by the floating notes of a classical piece, which my neighbor is practicing, I feel a sense of contentment and ease. I want to sit with this moment and appreciate it for what it is, the ease, the humility and the simpleness which makes me sometimes wonder why I don't allow myself to just let go and give in to this feeling of contentment more often. Over the last couple of weeks, my mood has fluctuated between bitter moments of frustration and exhaustions and sweet moments of pure and simple joy of being in the space that I am in. Life is starting to feel somewhat normal Or maybe that's just the astonishing human ability to adapt to anything when we don't protest change. I'm amazed at how many adventures I've had in the space which is my home. Whether it's been through my culinary experience experiments, (laughs) um, more energy invested into my spiritual journey. This month has really taught me the lesson of slowing down and savoring the fruits of each season. In Yoruba culture, there's a proverb which goes, the world is a market, heaven is home. I find comfort in this ancestral wisdom that reminds me that while the world has many marketplaces alluring to each of our personal tastes, even while we're, in, while we're locked at home, this is not our final destination. And so moving forward with the weeks to come, I set the intention to let live and flow through me all of these moments, not getting attached to any of the feelings which accompany these ultimately worldly experiences. This month... Um, it's, it's strange because I feel like whenever I like settle down to write my reflections, it really is very, it's like a very emotion sensitive thing. And it really depends on how I'm feeling in that moment of time. Like I feel like this, this moment definitely captured that feeling of like contentment and ease um, and just tranquility of being at home, which is not reflective of the whole month for sure, which is why I wanted to say that it's been kind of um, a seesaw over the last lunar month of these moments of frustration and um, yeah, like agitation. And then these moments where I just feel completely like content with where I am. So I feel like for this month, I really wanted to just sit in that moment and to accept that moment and feel blessed with it, um, but not to hold on to it. And that's something that I've been trying to to work more actively to do, to try and be in the moment kind of thing and also not to get attached to whatever those emotions are at a certain time. So yeah, that's like the main thing that's come out for me this month. I think your reflective piece did a really good job of um, like, when I was reading it, you definitely had created that feeling of a bubble almost, or like a moment. Um, and yeah, so I just wanted to to shout out to you for that. I think you definitely got that it was a moment and maybe fleeting. 
Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed reading your piece. Thanks, girl. Um, do you want to share yours with us as well? Um, yeah, so I'll read mine now. Okay. Um, today, I, Natasha, love my ears, the sounds they help me to hear, the way I can bend them forward, back with my cupped hands, so that I can stretch the boundaries of sound reception that much further. Today, I love the stillness, in quotations, because even the quiet makes its voice heard. Today, I love the heat, but uh, specifically, the heat that comes after so much cold. It makes my body feel colder before it slowly begins to warm me up from the inside out. Today, I love the smell of sweet grass baking in a field on the side of the road. It smells like summer, and today reminds me that spring is coming. One step at a time, I try to remember. So thank you for this day, for the breath of my lungs, the sounds of the world, the smells of the earth, and the heat from the sun. So I think when I when I sat down to reflect um, uh, where, where I've been living the past, like, month or so it's been super rainy and just a consistent rain and so we've been in the house sheltering in place um and there's just been a lot of busyness a lot of noise as we readjust to life you know in isolation basically um and then a few days before the full moon it just got sunny and clear and I don't know if you've ever had this feeling but sometimes I feel like I well it's not even necessarily a feeling like we do use our eyes so much. Like I think humans are very visual creatures. And when the sun came back out and we were all like outside going on walks and playing outside and stuff, I just felt like my vision was so overstimulated. And so part of what I was reflecting on is just like remembering the other senses um, and just taking a moment to give some love to my other senses and give my eyes a break. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of what was behind my, um, my reflection. Yeah. What I really liked about your reflection was definitely the sensory experience that you kind of conjured up, especially like the idea of what is, um, because it made me think about when I leave the house to go shopping or, to get my one, I'll say my one piece of exercise, my one hour of exercise in, um, I just feel like this heightened sense of awareness, especially with the air that I'm breathing and like the texture of the air um, and the smells around me. And it's something that obviously like on a day-to-day basis, or I feel like in another, you know, in a non-quarantine situation, you wouldn't really, or I wouldn't at least really acknowledge the the subtleties of my surroundings. Um, so I really appreciate how you brought that to life. And I think it's a nice reminder as well to, again, just be in the moment and to really appreciate what each moment has to offer. On a kind of semi-side note, I started reading this book, which is called um, The Millennial Discourses. I actually wanted to read it for kind of with the focus of this month's um, theme which is origins and planting seeds. I don't know if I'll get a review out before the end, but if not, I still want to kind of share my thoughts. Um, But the first chapter was kind of refocusing on the moment and bringing yourself to the moment rather than splitting yourself between whatever the past and your aspirations for the future. And it's just the author writes in such an eloquent way, but in a way that really makes you realise as well how much or how little 
of our lives are actually spent being in the moment that we're in and how much we kind of just are stuck between these two other spaces. And one thing that really stuck out from that chapter for me was how he says that each moment, so it's, I should just, I guess, kind of um, contextualize it. So it's written by um, a religious scholar, a Muslim religious scholar. So there is quite a lot of like religious reference to it, of course. And he says how each moment is a moment that is like a gift from God, but because we are too caught up with our own agendas, we lose the gift of that moment. And that could be something as simple as, again, like engaging with your senses or just being present, or even just not having the opportunity to really fully be present and engage with someone else in a conversation that you're having because your mind's floating elsewhere. And that I feel is something which is like a reoccurring theme, I think for me or has been in our last couple of reflections is just trying to be more grounded in the now. Wow, that book sounds really cool. And when you were talking, it made me like just this thing came up in my mind. I remember in one of my other jobs, um, it was for um, after school nature activities for girls. Um, They taught us about this concept. I don't know if you're familiar with it, if you've heard it before, but called active listening. Um, And it's the whole idea that you know, when someone's talking, oftentimes what will happen is people will be thinking about what they're going to say, like what they're going to respond to the net to like, once the person stops talking rather than actually like being in the moment and like listening to that person. And when I, when I received this bit of training through that work, I think that's something that like I did naturally on and off though, like sometimes more than others. And I think part of it is sometimes like you know there's like a low level of social anxiety and you're like oh how will I continue the conversation or whatever but then what actually comes when you let go of that um kind of going back to the theme of letting go is I feel like there a much deeper conversation comes into play because you're actually hearing what the other person is trying to say rather than thinking of what you want to respond to them it's more about what you're co-creating in that moment rather than your agenda that you're bringing yeah I completely agree with what you're saying and I think um honestly I'd only really come or like really consciously come across that idea only this year actually um where one of my tutors who was a bit alternative um she led like our tutorial groups and she did a whole tutorial on learning how to be an active listener and it was interesting because the responses were really mixed. So I'm doing a master course um, in case, I don't know, listeners are unaware. Um, so you can imagine that the the room or like the cohort of students was definitely a lot, most people tended to be a lot older. Some people are like in their 30s, their 40s. Um, and then some people like around my age, I guess, like 20, mid 20s. Um, and it was just interesting the response because I could tell that some people just found it really patronizing. And at the beginning, I was kind of just like, why are we spending a whole hour on the skill? And then I realized, and again, I think as well, I do it kind of on and off. I I would say that there definitely is still an element of, I do respond based on like my getting caught up in my own thoughts and what I want to like try and add to the conversation or like, you know, what kind of direction you want to take the conversation in. And I think part of that 
or not doing that is letting go of the ego that you have associated with your own idea and your own knowledge or what you think you know and that kind of thing. But it was interesting because actually what really emerged from that session was that people were really, really poor active listeners. It was literally simple things like someone would explain an article that we had read and someone else just had to summarize what that person explained. And some people could not do it. And I was just like, what are you doing this whole time when people are speaking? Because it's not even like, you know, it's, it, it wasn't like it was a complicated conversation or even a long lasting conversation that it was like you had to hold so much information in your head. Um, it just goes to show that, yeah, sometimes when we're interacting, we're, we're thinking of, of other things or our mind's kind of like racing ahead. I think that's what it is. It's like your mind just kind of races ahead. Um, and it reminded me of another book. Sorry, I feel like I've been saying a lot of books. But um, oh, what's the author's name? I think it's um, Iris Murdoch, but don't quote me on that. And I can't remember if the book is The Philosopher's Student or The Philosopher, or if it's her other book, The Sea, The Sea, but I'm pretty sure it's her. Um, but in either one of these books, there's like this... Um, bit where she talks about um communication I mean Natasha actually just had a brief conversation before recording this podcast about communication and about the sometimes um the inabilities that I sometimes feel to communicate what I want to say but this particular passage she talks about how when we're speaking we're already thinking of how to reply to that person precisely because of what Natasha was saying that you have your own agenda and she words it in such a way that it just, it literally makes you feel that sometimes the interactions we have, even though we think we are creating these new and unique conversations are actually very fixed into a kind of structure. And it's based on the social cues that we don't know that we have kind of, Im- we've kind of like imbued in the way that we speak or interact with others. Um, yeah, and there's just like one bit that stuck out from that um, passage where she says, or the character says something along the lines of like, even as I'm speaking to you, I'm thinking of how I want to make you feel and the response that I want to get from you will be based on how I choose the next words that I decide to speak to you. Um, and I feel like that's kind of going away from active listening, but I guess it's to tie it back in, it's just to do with not having a conversation based on a preconceived idea of what you want to get out of that conversation, but really listening and feeding off what that person is actually saying rather than just like wanting to, to put your own stance on it or like to seem witty or whatever the agenda is. Yeah, that sounds real. Like the, okay. A lot of the things that you mentioned, like the, um, the active listening seminar and those books and stuff, I do, yeah, going back to the conversation we had before the podcast, which hopefully will be coming out as another full-length podcast in the future. Um, But yeah, the whole concept of communication and also how, because I think sometimes what people forget is that um, voice and communication is not just about the speaking component or about like what people are saying. It's also like equally, it's about what you're exactly what you just said, like the physical cues, the social cues that maybe we are or are not aware of, but it's also equally about the listening. Um, and I think that that's something that 
a lot of people forget. And when, when I used to, I was working at another place that was doing outdoor programs for kids. And I mean, it was one of those things that we just did so that, you know, we could get the kids to listen for a minute while we were explaining something. But um, we always talked about um, active voice and active ears. Um, and that was kind of the first time that I had come across that in the kid outdoor realm or whatever. But I don't know that that's always kind of stuck with me about how so much so much of the time we're like, oh, yeah, we're just we're speaking. We communicate with each other through our words. But it is also about the listening component. And um, yeah, I guess that kind of just circles back to what we've been saying. But um, Sophia, I don't want to derail our conversation. So if you have more to add to this topic, feel free to jump back to that. But I was kind of curious about something you had said um, originally when you were talking about the few times that you're able to go out and like do exercise or go to the shops and how you feel a difference in texture in the air or in the smells. And I was wondering if that's something that you can trace back to um, the moment when you were kind of forced to stay inside and like what those transitions are like, is it maybe not necessarily to like qualify them, but, but like, how are they, how are those textures different? Basically, I just want, I was curious if you could share a little bit more detail about that. Yeah, um, I think it kind of goes back to also what I was saying about how life is starting to feel normal. And I think at the beginning, like it's not, I don't notice it as much now, but I think it was just like a shock to the system when I had been at home. I think the first time I went out after being like in lockdown, I had been at home for like three days before going out to do shopping or whatever. Um, And it's almost like everything is in reverse. I think I'm used to spending most of my time out of the house um, during the weekdays and then just like being at home for shorter periods of time but now it's like you know the opposite where I'm at home most of the time and I barely go out um, and I think you're at the beginning it's just like a shock to the body because of different things like the temperature um, the humidity level well to get like more technical about it I think those are components that play into it um, within the house is obviously different to going out But I think it's also to do with like more about like the energy in the air outside. Um, And I think our bodies are very receptive to things that we don't see or feel or acknowledge on a visual level or on a more conscious level. I think especially the first couple of days when everyone was just, you know, still kind of in a state of panic, um, very anxious still to even go out and have that human connection or like to see another person in the street was like, Ooh, scary. Um, that I feel was some, I feel like that kind of energy is transmitted into the air. And I think, I don't know how I would describe it, but I definitely did feel, I guess, a bit apprehensive the first couple of times that I went out. And also just cause obviously it's like completely different to seeing the streets always filled with cars, always filled with people to see like a handful of people. But again, I guess when we don't protest the change, which is something um, that I mentioned in the in my reflections, it becomes easy for things to feel normal. And I think as humans, we do have this incredible ability to adapt to situations. I think it's the protesting of changing of situations that make things difficult. But as species, I think we're quite good at that. Yeah, that's true. It's so... Um... It's so weird how quickly I feel like 
well, I guess, I don't know, I can only really speak from my experience. Um, but yeah, like how quickly I've kind of adapted to this. And it was so weird because my brother and I were talking. So I was I was up visiting my sister for like a month when I moved back to the US. And then I went down to visit my brother and my dad for a month and then came back up. But within that month that I was visiting my brother and my dad, so the first two weeks that I was there, we were out and about, we were like making plans to go into San Francisco and like, you know, go hiking, do all the, doing all these things. And then within the last two weeks that I was there, everything like began to shut down pretty quickly. And we were just reflecting in like my last week in visiting how different it was from when I first got there. And that was just within the span of, of like three or four weeks, you know? And by the end, by the time that I left, it was still kind of weird, but we were getting into a rhythm. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where I think, you, you, like you said, exactly like you said in your reflection and just now, like humans are extremely adaptable. And I think that that's a really important quality. Like it is, you know, this resilience and ability to kind of make the best of, of whatever situation you're in is an important quality. Um, but sometimes I do question, like, how much that how much that falls into this herd mentality or just you know going along with changes and I guess with coronavirus and this quarantine thing it's maybe not the best example um because I think it is important to stop the spread of it but um yeah not exactly sure where I was going with that just kind of popped up in my mind and wanted to put that out there yeah I feel like that's a whole nother path that we can <laughs> dig up for maybe for another day but I <laughs> definitely um I agree I think it is like a it is a really um, strong character or characteristic and ability for us to have as a species, but I also think it allows room for quite a lot of manipulation, especially when governments, when different organizations, different parties have agendas to push forward. I think it can be easy to quell um, resistance or protest against certain things because of the precise reason that after a while, I guess it's easier <laughs> sometimes to just adapt or to give in than to to try and fight the change. Um, I feel like there's, you know, I think it's very like context, yeah, specific. I feel like there's times where it's good to kind of let go. I'm just thinking specifically of heartbreak. That was like the one thing that came to mind, especially, you know, when you just think, in the first couple of days, weeks, months, whatever, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get over this person, blah, blah, blah. But I think half of that is like, yes, you have to mourn them, but half of it is also, you're just, you don't want to break the habits that you've kind of established with them, whether that's like just being in constant contacts, uh, like day and night, or I don't know, seeing them regularly in that. I think part of the healing or part of the pain is just breaking the habit and not wanting to change or like adapt to what the reality of the situation is. But anyway, that is a complete tangent. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I like what you were saying. Cause yeah, I think, I think in many ways we can be creatures of habit. Um, but that kind of maybe not so subtly leads into the transition transition to my next question. Um, is I wanted to ask, you know, like you talk about in your reflection about letting go. And then we've been talking about um, adapting to things and kind of forming habits and breaking those habits and stuff. So um, in the month ahead, I think you, I don't remember your full words. Let me just check. You were setting an intention 
Um, oh yeah, so you say, and so moving forward with the weeks to come, I set the intention to let live and throw, or and live and flow through me all of these moments, not getting attached to any of the feelings which accompany these ultimately worldly experiences. So I was just wondering, um, what like do you have strategies in place, or do you have ideas of how you might um, revisit that intention in the month ahead? Yeah, I think one of the main ways that I've been trying to not get attached to moments, whether they're kind of bittersweet or they're really happy and joyous moments and content moments is um, before I go to bed, I write like a sentence or two, sometimes longer, depends (laughs) how I'm feeling um, about what I've been feeling that day. And I think in a way writing it kind of is my way of relieving myself of that emotion And I think we tend to do this only in terms of sadness or what we associate as being negative emotions. But I think it's a good practice to do with all types of emotions, because once you don't get attached to experiencing those positive emotions, I think you'll equally not feel those quote unquote negative emotions as strongly either, because you you kind of get into the idea that, you know, there is no positive or negative, really. These are just different types of emotions that I'm experiencing at different times. Um, So definitely through journaling, that's been a way. And also um, something that I want to do that I haven't really done yet is to kind of transform whatever emotion that I'm feeling into forms of inspiration for art, for um, cooking, for anything really that I can find a outlet for maybe exercise on one of those frustrating days (laughs) to sweat it all out on a workout. But yeah, I think we have many outlets um, to relieve ourselves of those emotions. And I think it's important to kind of have that golden mean where you're, you know, not swinging to either side too much. I think it's good to to be, I don't know. See, again, we were talking about this before. Like, I think I'm a very paradoxical person. Like, I'm drawn to the idea of, like, stoicism, I guess, and kind of, you know, not letting your emotions control you or letting them just live through you, but not getting attached to them. But then I know as well, there are like beautiful moments of like connection where it's like, I, I just don't want to just acknowledge that as another moment. Like that was a really meaningful moment. So I guess it's about the balance. Um, well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I think I think learning to live in this discomfort or or equally in like the moments of connection or the moments of beauty is really important. It's definitely something that I struggle with, with too. Um, but yeah, I think tying it back a little bit to my reflection as well, I think having that realization when the sun came out and like just feeling all these other senses that were not my eyes was just like, that felt like such a heightened moment for me that I was just able to be in that moment. Um, and so that was really helpful. And I want to try to carry that throughout, but yeah, but I know that, you know, inevitably, especially because we're kind of stuck at home, we will be sucked back into the the little whirlpool that forms itself in our microcosms. Um, but yeah, is there any last things, words of wisdom or reflections that you want to touch on before we um, sign off for this episode? Um, hmm. I don't feel like I have any parting words of wisdom for this one how about you do you have anything um that you want to say um 
Yeah, I think we've both kind of been in reflective moods and maybe not so much is as like sharing those. Well, no, that's not what I meant. But like, you know, we've both been very reflective rather than like um, outwardly offering advice. But I guess I guess just to end, um, maybe encourage those of you who are listening who if you haven't already to um, join us in this practice of reflecting. We reflect on the full moons and the new moons, and we have a series of questions for both. And just, I guess, one of the themes that has emerged from our reflection this uh, this month uh, for the full moon has been, you know, letting go. And we'd love to hear back from any of you about strategies you have of letting go or of living in the moment. Um, and also encourage you to find your own practice of letting go and living in the moment, particularly because I'm sure you are all busy in different ways and in your own ways and life is changing so quickly. Um, yeah, so I guess those weren't really words of wisdom, more like just uh, questions and and asking for engagement from all of you. Um, but yeah, I guess with that, we will sign off. And we look forward to hearing from you and sharing other podcasts with you all soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.